All right, all right. <laughs> See some people jumping in the back. Let's go. Hey, if you guys want to go ahead and grab a seat. Go ahead and grab a seat. And we'll get started. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, man. Hey, welcome to uh, Salt Company. If this is your first time, my name is Steven, and uh, I'm the director here at the Salt Company. I get to hang out with Jensen and Josiah, and aren't they just a big ball of fun? Aren't they? Just so much energy, just like a shot of Red Bull, uh, even if you don't want it. No, I'm kidding. I love you guys. I really do. I, I love you guys. My wife, and then I love you guys, and then my family, and my dog. But you guys are up there. Um, hey, welcome to Salt Company. So glad you guys are here tonight, man. This is uh, so fun to be in this new uh, building. If you got a Bible, go ahead and open up to John chapter 10. That's we're going to be tonight. If you got a phone or an app, you can do that too. You can flip over to John chapter 10. And if you've been coming to Salt Company for a little bit, you know that we've been going through this series called I Am. And, and what we're doing is we're asking the question, like, who is Jesus? And we thought the best way to know who Jesus is and what he came to do is to actually hear from the dude himself. Like, who does Jesus say that he is? And so we're looking in the book of John at the seven statements where Jesus tells us, like, point blank, I am, and then fill in the blank. And he is telling us not just who he is and what he came to do, but really what he's telling us in those two words where he says, I am. He's telling us this. He's telling us who God is. So if you've ever wondered, like, what is God like? Who is God? And, and who is Jesus and what he came to do? That is what we've been diving into the past couple weeks. And tonight we're going to see in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, we are going to see Jesus look at a crowd and say this, I am the gate. I am the gate. I want to ask you a question. Have you, I don't have to tell you if I'm going to ask you a question. I could just ask the question, right? Um, <clears throat> I've been gone for a couple weeks. I should have prefaced that. I've been gone for a couple weeks. Um, had a pandemic inside of me. But I'm good now. I've quarantined. Don't worry. The people in the front row are like really looking at me. Um, I'm good. I've been gone for like two and a half weeks, but uh, I'm glad to be back and ready to teach the Bible. Uh, but my brain's a little foggy, so we'll see where, how this goes. Um, here's the question I want to ask you. Have you ever accidentally like mistaken like someone that you thought was like a friend and you've like gone up to them or said something really strange and it like actually was a complete stranger? Have you ever had like that traumatic experience as a kid where you think like your mom like, and you run up to it, and you, like, hug their leg, and you look up, and it's actually, like, a 40-year-old dude. You're like, oh, my gosh, happened to me, tears. But uh, <clears throat> this happened actually one time to me, spring break. I just, me and Mary Stewart had been dating for, like, two months at this point. And so I said, spring break was coming up, and I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite her with a group of friends, because I don't want to be too presumptuous. Uh, with a group of friends, we're going to head down to, to Clearwater Beach, where I'm from. And so we headed down to Clearwater Beach, and we just had, like, a really fun week. She, like, met my family, and we had this just great time hanging out at the beach with all my friends. Um, and I had, like, this one, like, moment planned that I was like, this is going to be so smooth. Like, I'm really going to score some points here. Um, there's, like, this abandoned parking garage down, like, downtown Clearwater. And I, 
I, me and my friends in high school used to do this all the time, just like climb up to the top. But it's like this beautiful, you get to see the city, the beach, the sunset. I was like, this is going to be it. Like, and so me and this group of friends, like we go up to the top and it's kind of sketchy. But anyways, we get to the top and we're all just kind of hanging around, taking pictures. Like the sun is setting. And I'm like, this is like my moment, right? Like, to like, like really just like make a lasting impression. And I, like I, I see her right there, like kind of standing by the edge, and the sun is setting, and I see her blonde hair, and it's glistening in the sun. And I'm just like, I'm just going to like come up behind her and just give her like, like a really like good like back hug, and I'm going to just kiss her on the back of the head. And, <clears throat> and so I do. And I, I walk up, and I'm like, I like put my arms around her. And I'm, like, about to just, like, give her just, like, a, a really innocent kiss on the back of the head. And someone ruins the moment. Um, like, someone calls out. And they go, hey, babe. I'm, like, I know that voice. And the only person that calls me babe is Mary Stewart. So who the heck is this? <laughs> The person over there who was calling to me was my three-month my three-month girlfriend at the time. Not three-month-old, good Lord. Hello. My three-month-at-the-time girlfriend. Um, it was Mary Stewart calling out to me, like seeing like all of it. She's watching it play out. She's walking me walk up and put my arms around this girl and like about to, and she's like, hey babe. And and she was calling out to me. She was, like, trying to, like, save me from, like, death by embarrassment. And I was, like, threw my arms away, like, push that girl, like, get away from me, you know. Um, I recognized her voice, and I was, like, oh, that is, that's the voice that I was, like, trying to go after. That was the person that I was actually wanting to be with. She called out to me by name to save me. Tonight in John chapter 10, here's what we see. We see Jesus calling out to his people, like to his person, to his people in order to save them. He calls them by name, hey, in order to save them. And we see this in John chapter 10. And here's the question I want to ask you. If Jesus is today, and I believe he is, calling out people by name, calling out his people to come to him, to follow him. Here's my question. Do you hear his voice? Like tonight, in your life, do you hear his voice and do you listen to it? Do you love it? Is it the voice when you hear it that you're like, that is the one I'm supposed to be with? This is what I think that we're going to see in John chapter 10. And so let's go ahead and just read John chapter 10, verses 1 through, through 10. Jesus <clears throat> is speaking to a crowd. We learn this in chapter 9. He's speaking to a crowd. Um, he just healed a man who was born blind, and the Pharisees were really ticked about it. And they actually cast out the man who was born blind because he, he was actually, like, wondering if he, Jesus was the Son of God. And, and then they're arguing with Jesus, like, who do you think you are? And Jesus here is going to very clearly give them a picture of who he is. So we pick up in verse 1. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. 
The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of the stranger. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus, again, we're in verse 7, said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and life abundant. Do you own any sheep? <laughs> There's my ADD kicking in. Uh, do, do any of you own sheep? Yeah, okay, I didn't think so. <clears throat> It'd be weird. Someone from Newberry is like, I got 12 pigs. Uh, I'm kidding. I shouldn't make fun of people from Newberry. My uncle's from Newberry. Um, <laughs> owning sheep uh, was extremely common in this time. The Middle Eastern, in that region and in that time period, shepherding was like a common thing. And so for us, like as Jesus is talking, giving this metaphor about who he is and what he came to do and why he came, I, I think some of the imagery can get lost on us because we're not from you know, the Middle East, where there's shepherding communities. And so Jesus alludes to this idea as a sheep pen. You see it here in verse 1. We're going to kind of trek along through the, the verses here, so stay with me. In verse 1, he talks about a sheep pen. And, and, and what this sheep pen was in shepherding community was kind of like this courtyard that in their community, all of the, the families and the shepherds could keep their collective sheep in this one pen, Right? So they would put all of their sheep in this one pen, and there would be a gate, and there would be a gatekeeper. And, and the point of this was to keep the sheep safe from, like, all the harm that comes out in the wild, and, and even from thieves and robbers. And the gatekeeper would, like, sit there. But the gatekeeper would know the shepherds. Like, the guys who actually owned the sheep, he would know them. And so when the shepherd would come up to gather his sheep to take them out to pasture, the gatekeeper would go, what's up, Bob? Like, go ahead, take your sheep, roll out. And so that's what he would do. He would come in and he would take his sheep. But here's what's interesting that I, I, that I found in this passage about shepherding and sheep, which I didn't think I would say in 2020. Like, here's an interesting fact about sheep. But here we go. Here we are, nonetheless. Here's what I think is interesting about sheep. Look at verse 3. Jesus alludes to it. He says this. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The way that, that shepherds would know their flock, the way that shepherds would identify their sheep wasn't by like tags or like tattoos or brands like cows if you're from Iowa. Um, the way that shepherds knew their sheep was this. If they know their voice. So these shepherds would have these specific calls for their sheep. I heard about this story. This is a true story. Like, uh, and and. Between, like, the Palestinian-Israel conflict, sometimes, like, uh, Israel would actually, like, take uh, community, 
communities like sheep away when they weren't paying taxes and in order to like say like, hey, we're going to take this until you can actually pay taxes. But there was this one time where the authorities took this community's group of sheep, all of their sheep. But this like old woman, this widowed woman came up to the authority and was like, hey, like if I don't, I only have a couple of sheep, but if I don't have them, I will, I have no like livelihood. I will starve and my, like I will die if I don't have the sheep. And the guy's like, listen, I want to help you but how in the world am I going to trust you to come into this big community of, like, sheep where they're holding them and just take your sheep? She's like, easy. They know my voice. He's like, what do you mean they know your voice? They're sheep. They're dumb. They're really dumb animals. Like, no, no, no. Like, they know my voice. It's like, all right, here's the deal. You can stand outside of the gate. I'll open it. And you can call to your sheep. And if they come to you, you get to take them. And so she called her son, and home, homeboy grabs his flute, the sheep flute, and he just, homeboy just plays his little song. Do, 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 you know, whatever that specific is. And what do you know? Like sheep, some of the sheep, there's a ton of them. They're just munching on sheep food. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I know nothing about sheep. And then all of a sudden, as they're eating, one of the sheep just, like, lifts his head up. It's like, hey, yo, hey, man, Robert, bro, that's our song. The, yeah, that's it. We got to go. And they just, like, and 23 sheep out of this massive sheep pen, like, w- come waddling out of the sheep pen just, like, listening to their song. This is how shepherds lead sheep. They, they call out, they learn to know their voice, and the sheep follow. Okay, so maybe you're thinking this. Like, okay, so what's the deal with all the sheep facts and the sheep stories? And what the heck is Jesus even talking about with, like, sheep? I, I didn't come here to learn a bunch of sheep facts. This is what Jesus is trying to, to show his listeners. This is what he's trying to show us. He's trying to give a picture for why he came. Not just why he came, but what he came to do on earth. Like this metaphor is supposed to give us a picture of what Jesus came to do on earth. Like the ministry of Jesus, this metaphor explains what he came to do. As the rightful shepherd, remember he's talking to the Pharisees who are mad at him for leading in a way that they think is wrong. And what Jesus is trying to expose is he's saying, listen, the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. What Jesus is saying is I am the true and rightful shepherd. I am the true leader. I am the true sent one from God. And actually you guys are false, fake shepherds. You do not care for the sheep. And so when you call the sheep, when you try to conform the sheep and get them to conform to this religious ideals and this burden and judgment of holiness that you're trying to to put them in, they don't listen to you. And this is why. You guys are not the shepherd. And Jesus is trying to show them what he came to do. He came on earth to reclaim what is his, to call a people to himself, to say, 
I am the shepherd. I am the one. I am the one who will lead you to God. I am the one who will lead you to life. And isn't this what we see Jesus doing? Like, isn't this your experience with Jesus? Like, Jesus came to call people who were broken, needy, to himself. Like, in chapter 9, we, we hear of him healing a man born blind. The religious elites thought, like, oh, dude, we're like, we, don't, we cast him out. But Jesus is like, no, 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 that's my sheep. Come and follow me. This is what we see Jesus do time and time again. When we've seen people come to know Jesus and be baptized, it's Jesus calling them out of darkness, calling them into a new life. It's Jesus calling his sheep to be their leader. He's calling people out to save them. And they, they hear his voice. Man, it's such a beautiful thing in Salt Company and in this ministry to as we share the gospel and in connection groups as you're talking about Jesus, when it finally just like clicks and they're like, yes, I hear him. I hear Jesus calling me. I see his voice is beautiful and I, I want to follow it. Man, do, do you tonight, when Jesus calls, do you hear him? Is it beautiful to you? If you hear his voice and it's beautiful, then you know, man, you're, you're his sheep. and He's your shepherd. But the truth is, like, we come up here and we share and we talk about Jesus calling you and hearing your voice, but some people, like, just miss who Jesus is. They do not see Jesus as the most beautiful, the most valuable thing in their life. And they didn't hear. Like, look at verse 6. Like people right here, even though Jesus is like trying to explain it to them, miss it completely. Verse 6 says this, Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand. So Jesus, again, reiterates, not just like what he came to do to call people to himself, but he gets to the essence of like why. That Jesus came, yes, to call people, to draw people to himself. Like the reason Jesus came was to like, to bring people to follow him, right? But in this passage, we see just why Jesus is calling people to follow him. Let's read verses 7 and 10. Again, and we see why Jesus is calling people. Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. He's talking about like the religious leaders of that time. But the sheep didn't listen to them. Verse 9, I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will come in and go out and find pasture. And the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that, there's that key word, so that they may have life and have it abundant. Two times. Jesus repeats that saying, I am the gate. I am the door. Oftentimes, we hear like with the other I am statements that we've talked about. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. Like, <clears throat> I feel like those are like the more popular I am statements. Like, it's the ones that like the cool Christian kids get tattooed. You know what I'm saying? Or like the ones that you find in the Instagram bio. Like, Jesus is my light. Like, 
just Jesus, like the bread of life. Like you ask people, are like, man, how are you doing? He's like, good. Jesus is just my shepherd today. He's just leading me. You never hear anyone be like, you know what? I just love Jesus as my door. <laughs> like I just, I've never seen that tattooed of like Jesus, the gate for the sheep. Uh. Or like the Instagram bio, like Jesus is my gate. What are you learning about Jesus? Man, Jesus is my door. It's like, just, it's really just getting me through a hard time. I just love how Jesus is a door to me. All right, that joke is over. What is Jesus trying to say with like, I am the gate? What, what is tr- Jesus trying to convey by saying, I am the gate? And don't miss this, guys, because this is the reason. This is not just like what Jesus is doing or what he did, this is why Jesus came. We talk about Jesus a lot here. This is why he came. This is why he came for you. This is why he came for me. Jesus came to be the gate for your sheep pen. You're like, great. But for sheep, the gate To the sheep pen meant safety. It meant security. It meant complete life. It protected them from the surroundings, from thieves, from robbers. Sheep are really dumb and susceptible to death. Like everything kills sheep. Have you noticed that? Like if sheep are running and a bear comes along, dead. A wolf comes along, this she- dead. Maybe a big bird, dead. Falls down some rocks, dead. Like if its hair gets too long, dead. Sheep are just kind of dumb. Did someone say, aw? <laughs> like sheep have feelings? <clears throat> this is what Jesus is saying about sheep. Death is surrounding you, and I am the gate for you to be safe. I am the way for you to escape death. I am the entrance to life. I am the gate, the way to security, safety, the way to salvation. That is what Jesus is telling us. He's saying, I I am your way to life. Did you notice in this this verse that Jesus doesn't say, I am a gate? He doesn't say, I am one of the doors. He says, I am the gate. I am the way. We're going to learn this uh, in two weeks, but where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. There is one entrance to to life, eternal life, life with God. Listen here, guys. There is one way for you to have peace with God. There is one way for you to have forgiveness of sins. There is one way where you will be safe and secure completely from judgment. And that is through the gate. And the gate's name is Jesus. 
He's the way that we can have life. And guys, this is why he came. To bring life. And so many times I just like, I, I, I talk with people and they're like, I just don't get the point. And Jesus and all these rules and commands, why, why can't I just live my life? And I just, I just want you to see why Jesus came. He didn't come to, to put a burden on you. Man, he came to take the burden of sin and shame off of you. He didn't come to put commands on you. He came to give you commands that would lead to life. Jesus is the way that we can live. Man, sin, for the wages of sin are death. We were all born into sin and we were all destined to die, separated from God for eternity. But Jesus came so that we would have life, life abundant. And guys, that's good news. It's good news for you. It's good news for me, people who are dying. And you know who it's really good news for? Look at verse 9. Who did salvation come for? Who did did salvation come for in verse 9? I am the gate. And then this is what it says in verse 9. What are those two words? If anyone. Do you know what the word anyone means in the original language? It means anyone. (laughs) Everyone. No matter who you are, no matter your past, no matter how broken you are, no matter what specific sin you're carrying, what scar you have, what painful hurts or hang-ups or failures or fallouts, no matter your past, Jesus says this, if anyone comes by me, they will be saved. Man, Jesus is calling a people to follow him to save them. Verse 10 tells us that a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come so that you may have life and life abundant. Jesus right now is calling out his people to follow him. He's calling out a people from from death, from darkness. And he's calling out, come, follow me. Do you hear his voice? Right now in whatever season you're going through, do you hear his voice calling to you? Come, follow me. And follow me. And I just pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that you just hear his voice. I know the reason he's calling out to you is not to put a burden on you. To break the chains of sin, to give you freedom, to give you life. Life eternal, life abundant. And I pray that you hear his voice. Pray that you choose to follow him. And for those, maybe you're in this room tonight, um, maybe you've like, yes, I have chosen to follow Jesus. He is my shepherd. I wonder if you're anything like me and sometimes you can start listening to the wrong voices. Like maybe 
right now Jesus' voice isn't the loudest thing in your, in your ear. Maybe you've been listening to, to other voices, voices that say you should look like this. And that Instagram explore feed, why don't, man, if you, if you looked like this, the voice that, that whispers to you and says, is that really a sin? Did God really say you can't do that? The voice that says you aren't enough, the voice that says you don't have enough, the voice that says you will never be enough. I wonder if sometimes we start listening to the wrong voices. That was, that was me on Tuesday. Can I just be real with you? Like, man, this Tuesday, I, I woke up and I just felt lies. Just like these, these things that were speaking to me and I was just like starting to believe them and starting to feel insecure and depressed and sad and broken and like upset and frustrated, all these things. And I started to hear them in my head and I almost like started to believe them. And then I like had a meeting with Josiah and he was like, man, that's, that's not the voice of Jesus. Don't listen to that voice. And then I met with Jensen right after that. And she was like, oh, yeah, that is not the voice of Jesus. Don't listen to that. And then I met with Paul that day. And he was like, hey, man, that's not the voice of Jesus. Don't listen to that. Then I met with Jenny. And she was like, that is not the voice of Jesus. Don't listen to that. Then I met with Caleb Hui. And he's like, hey, man, that is not. Do you get my point? What they were trying to, to convey to me is they, hey, we know the shepherd's voice, and I know maybe you don't hear it right now, but we know what his voice sounds like, and that's not it. Listen to his voice. He loves you. He wants to lead you. He is there for you. He is patient. You are enough. He died for you. You were created in his image, and slowly I began to believe the voice Again, I heard his voice again speaking to me, and I, I get in the word, and I start hearing the voice of Jesus, and I'm reading it. I'm like, I know what his voice sounds like, so that when voices that are not his start coming, creeping in, I can say, that's not his voice. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering sometimes if we don't know the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of God because our noses are not in this book. Man, if you want to know the voice of God, it's right here. He's spoken. He has told you once and for all who we are in him, what he has done for us, how much he loves us, that he sent his son to die for you, to give you new life. He is calling us by name to come and follow him. And guys, I want to tell you this. Jesus does not lead with a whip. He does not stand behind you with a whip commanding you things to do. Did you notice that? The shepherd goes out, calls them by name. He goes before them. Jesus doesn't lead with a whip. He leads with a whisper. He has gone before you. He knows where green pastures are. He knows where the life is. He knows we're eternal security. He knows where peace is. He knows the satisfaction your soul desires. He's already gone ahead. 
and he's leading with a whisper, come, follow me. Do you hear his voice? I want to close uh, tonight. The band's going to come back up. and <clears throat> There's this, um, this old uh, work of art, this Christian fiction called Pilgrim's Progress. And this guy, he, it's a fictional telling of someone who's coming to know and follow Jesus with different uh, characters and scenes. But uh, one of the scenes that sticks out to me the most in, in this book is when he first comes to hear the gospel. Someone tells him that the judgment he is going to face does not have to be his eternal reality, but tells him of the good news of Jesus that someone died for him and paid for his sins if he would pursue him and follow him. And, and, he, and the guy points him to eternal life and says, you can kind of see it in the distance. What are you waiting for? Run. Go. Pursue it. You know that life is over there. And the guy, he knows that this is the voice of God. He knows this is what is leading him. And so he, he begins to, to run. He, he leaves his friends and family. And in this book, his, his friends and his, his kids and his family come out and they yell to him. They say, stop. Where are you going? And they start to mock him. What are you running after? And he plugs his ears he says, life, life, eternal life. In the middle of all the noise, in the middle of the world that tells him not to listen to the voice, the true voice that can give you life, he shuts those voices out and believes in the voice that says, I am the gate, the one who offers you life. And tonight, if you hear Jesus calling you by name, know that he is good. Know that he offers the one thing we so desperately need, and that is life, life, eternal life.